welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Sam Wilkin, Brussels news editor, and today we're going to talk about Bitcoin and other digital currencies. Bitcoin has had a wild ride on the financial markets, shooting to $20,000 before losing half that value. So, the Bitcoin bubble has deflated, but it hasn't burst. And regulators are realizing that digital currencies are here to stay. That presents a challenge. How do you regulate something as intangible as a digital currency? Here to discuss that question are two MLEX reporters, John Riga, our Chief Financial Correspondent, and Sering Namgyal, our Hong Kong-based financial reporter who's been looking closely at cryptocurrencies and who is with us today in Brussels. Hello, John and Sering. Hello. Hello, Sering. Okay, Sering, firstly, give us a very quick overview of, of what a digital currency is and, and why are regulators concerned about them? Uh, the digital currency, as uh, epitomized by Bitcoin, is hailed as one of the greatest innovations in recent years. Basically, it's underpinned by this new technology called distributed ledger, otherwise known as uh, blockchain. And it has also spawned an entire sort of family or industry of other currencies called crypt, you know, initial coin offerings, which has attracted a lot of scrutiny from the regulators. So one of the biggest concerns among the regulators is, of course, the consumer protection, because these are highly speculative, risky, and characterized by you know wild price swings. So you could lose a lot of money. And then secondly, of course, these are highly sort of anonymous and very difficult to trace who is actually behind these transactions. So the regulators are very concerned about the anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing uh, risks. And John, from what Saring was saying there, it sounds like a lot of this can be done with existing regulations, for example, anti-money laundering. To what extent can regulators draw on existing toolboxes that they have? And, and to what extent do they have to innovate here and come up with something completely new? Well, certainly the regulators are pushing uh, the limits of what they can do with, with the rules they have. Uh, Terry mentioned the application of the, the money laundering rules. You can't do that very easily in anonymized uh, online trading, but they've applied it to where there's a touch point with the real world, like the exchanges or the, the wallet providers. Also, they've been uh, able to use securities laws in a lot of jurisdictions to try to say to, say, companies offering uh, you know, these, these newfangled digital coins, hey, look, that looks like a security. You have to tell investors what the risks are. We've seen in the U.S. the regulators have imposed several um, you know, sanctions against companies for breaking those rules. They, they do have some tools in the toolbox, but certainly there are some parts of the market that probably aren't going to be covered. The regulators in several countries say uh, ICOs, as we call these coin offerings, uh, if they look like this, they're probably security, but there are plenty others that don't look like that. So the regulators will probably have to do some creative thinking about how to address them. And what's if, if you could identify just one sort of glaring gap that exists at the moment where there, there needs to be regulation and where there isn't at the moment? Well, the trading of some of these uh, coins on the secondary market, uh, it, it's just not clear uh, if they do fall under a securities regime. In some countries, they would be considered a security just like any other stock or bond. In some other uh, jurisdictions, they'd say, well, they don't meet the, the criteria. So uh, there's a a potential gap in, in some markets. Yeah, and from what you're saying there, it sounds like it's a different situation in, in different countries. 
Um, how can regulators stop a sort of regulatory arbitrage taking place and, and are they working closely together with each other? Certainly uh, there's a, a huge uh, challenge in trying to yoke the different regulators together. Uh, in Europe, the EU national market authorities sat down and tried to hash some of this out and they weren't able to agree uh, even a very basic approach. So it may have to lead to action by uh, some supranational bodies like uh, the European Union, although uh, it, it's clear they're not moving anywhere toward a regulation in this area until at least uh, the year 2020, because they've set out a plan to do some monitoring and it'll, it'll really be for future leaders. So uh, it's a huge challenge to try to get them to work together. So EU, nothing before 2020 due to the, the, the procedures that we're all familiar with in, in Brussels. Let's talk about some other countries. Who's moving fastest? Uh, so far, as I mentioned earlier, that Japan has actually changed its laws. And uh, uh, it has also just uh, recently, MLEX has reported, that uh, they are forming the trade associations. Actually, that was stipulated in that newly amended uh, Japanese payment services law. So these trade organizations... Uh, actually will have to be accredited by the Japanese financial regulator, which is the financial services agency. So they would be actually vetting and, you know, doing the oversight of the cryptocurrency exchanges. So that's actually a quite a big move ahead in terms of actually doing something rather than watching from the sidelines. So the Singapore uh, uh, has one of the, the, the sort of the bigger comprehensive plans for fintech. You know, they've been very aggressive and they have this big fintech festival. So they've also, you know, the Monterey Authority of Singapore, which is the regulator, has uh, a plan to actually amend the payment uh, law there as well. So that is to actually include a lot of the digital uh, payment companies, which were until now not included, not part of the regulations, to be included in that uh, payments regulation. So that's also a, a big step forward. Okay, so big steps by Japan and Singapore to try to, to grapple with this new phenomenon. China has also moved, but in the, in the opposite direction, just sort of banned it outright. Absolutely right. Um, John, what about Europe and the US? What's the situation there? It's quite patchy. In Europe, Switzerland has probably taken the lead as a, uh, as a marketplace uh, for the digital currencies. They haven't moved too fast, however, on the regulatory sphere. The, the market uh, authority has set out some guidelines to help companies decide if they you know, fall under the securities regime, for example, but they've left it up to the marketplace for the moment to decide for uh, you know, the companies themselves to decide if, they, uh, you know, if the rules apply to them. They haven't really tried to change anything. On the other hand, in France, they've actually uh, put through a decree law to try to address the uh, legal certainties around the use of the blockchain. However, they're more skeptical about cryptocurrencies, so the, the picture is quite mixed. Right, because blockchain has uses outside cryptocurrency as well, right? It can yes. be used in a whole a wide variety of, of contexts, Absolutely. not just for, for those currencies. Yes. Okay, great. And, and final question, what should we look for next? What's the next big, big event? in terms of regulation of, of cryptocurrencies? Well, I mentioned the French skepticism about all this area. They've gotten together with Germany, their very common European partner on uh, policy initiatives, and they've asked for this to be addressed at global level. They've requested it to go on the agenda of a meeting of the group of 20 finance chiefs coming up in Buenos Aires in, uh, in just a few weeks, uh, March 19th, 20th. 
Of course, it remains to be seen if the uh, if Argentina, as the organizer of the meeting, will will put it on the agenda. And the Japanese uh, regulators were also quite keen to have the discussion, some sort of discussion on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, because you know at the uh, G20 meeting. Yes, at the G20, and also at the level of other international bodies like the World Bank, uh, the International Monetary Fund, and even the OECD, depending on you know the different aspects of cryptocurrency you know money laundering uh, in financial inclusion and you know different aspects of bitcoin so it sounds like there's momentum there for there's you know various countries wanting to get things done at a global level we will definitely be keeping an eye on the g20 meeting in buenos aires and for now it's time to say thank you and goodbye to john tearing thank you thank you and you've been listening to the latest in a series of podcasts from mlex Some highlights of our coverage should be shown below on the page where you found your program today. For the latest updates from MLEX, you can subscribe to this podcast on your preferred app. Goodbye from me and see you next time.